Hello and welcome to what episode is this? Like four? I can't believe we've kept this going. Four weeks. No, this is four. Mor- morale is low. Nah, we're still enjoying it. Uh, I'm your host, Sean, joined by Jeeve and Skylar. As always, how was your guys' Thanksgivings? It was, it was lovely. I uh, I played in a turkey bowl and hurt myself greatly. Oh, no. Were you quarterback? No, no. I was playing receiver, and it uh, turns out these uh, these old hips don't move like they used to. So, been in constant <laughs> pain. Then. Oh, geez. How was yours, Jeep? It was good. Didn't do anything. Just watch football. Nothing active like Skyler. <laughs> nice. I watched an ungodly amount of World Cup the yeah. last week. I, I was watching like every game and highlights of those that I couldn't because, uh, you know, I had to do some actual work at times because all the games are during the work day. <laughs> but to segue on World Cup, here's our interview with David Chong. Dave, welcome to the podcast. We're very happy to have you on. Um, just a little background here. We've known Dave for, I don't know, five years or so. We met him back in college. And uh, can you explain why you might be a soccer expert, why we need to have you on for the World Cup, uh, why we have happy to have you? Yeah, of course. I mean, I uh, played soccer all my life. Um uh, my dad and I started a, a really cool tradition back in 06, and I've been to the last five World Cups with them. Um, so it started in Germany um, t- in 2010, went to South Africa, 2014, Brazil, 2018, Russia, uh, which was sad because there was no U.S., but still a good time. And then um, obviously just got back from Qatar this, this past weekend. That is one of the coolest father-son traditions i have ever heard of like yeah. that is awesome that you do that every time so what is that five five so yeah far? yeah five That's so crazy far. um i'll do the first question but i'll let these guys read off some as well at you what were your expectations of guitars world cup going into it and how were they met or exceeded or fell short because it's so much controversy going into you know this world cup um and you know stuff getting the, the alcohol being stripped away at the last second and it's like interesting for fans like how how was that yeah so i guess uh answer your, your first question expectations going into it i i was pretty um you know i i was i was pretty aware that i wasn't going to be drinking a lot uh i mean if there aren't any <laughs> right. there's any alcohol in 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 the in the stadiums around the stadiums i mean why would i just black out you know, a couple hours before the game and then just like black in and sober up during the game. Like that makes no sense. So I was aware there's going to be no alcohol. Um, honestly, one real thing that I was thought that thought would be the case there was, you know, Qatar is such a rich country, right? I mean, um, especially, you know, the city of, of Doha is, is so wealthy. It's so advanced and so put together. So I thought I thought that they were going to have, you know, so many amenities and it was going to be super organized and they're going to be really prepped for, you know, these millions of people coming in. That was just like not the case at all. Um, (laughs) I mean, they were just I mean, look, like we we came into our what they call a a fan village. And that's that's where where, where we stayed. And that's um, those were those kind of shipping containers. 
Um, so I, <laughs> I so we so we stayed in one. Um, How were they? They were honestly fine. I mean, they, they, <laughs> before I went, um, I was a little worried that we weren't going to have our own bathrooms. Yeah. Because, but you, I mean, but you did. We did. We had our own bathrooms. We had our own toilet, our own, own shower. Um, oh, height of luxury. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Everything worked worked great. How was um, the food? Oh, dude. The, um, I mean, the food was good. Uh, obviously, I'll, I will I will touch on on you know my you know the the impact of the food after I came back. Uh-huh. A uh, little later, but the food we had was, that was good. Um, there was mostly, you know, like Lebanese and Med- Mediterranean food, which is fire. It's, it's like kava on on like steroids. Uh, but um, so the, the food tasted good. But with with the food, uh, I mean, they were so undersupplied. It was ridiculous. Really? I mean, <laughs> we got to like the the fan village, and they had like th- only three of these like food trucks for these like close to a thousand people open um so did that just mean got, the lines were terrible or could you just not even get the food so so we yeah so we we got there last set or um on the 20 on the 19th or, or 20th on that on that sunday and um it was late we didn't exchange cash yet and and this just plays into how like unorganized they were. I mean, they sure. these these only like three food trucks didn't take cash, or sorry, didn't take card. Oh, um, and so we were like, like what, like what the hell's going on? We 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 need to eat. Like, <laughs> so we just ran to the ATM that was that was that was there that, that they like put up in the actual actual village, and that was and that was broken. It's like, oh. dude, you had you had ten <laughs> years to to like prep for that works against world cup <laughs> yeah it, exactly <laughs> it's just insane did you uh, so go G, please did you enjoy this better than russia i think that the u.s being in, in it has a lot to play with it yeah. um just i mean I, I went to to u.s wales and u.s england and those were the best uh like so, some of the best experiences i've, I've had honestly mm-hmm. um in terms of the actual like organization and like my time in the actual country um and kind of being you know kind of you know mo- like mobilizing around the like the actual country i mean russia was a lot better um even brazil which is like a third world country <laughs> was a lot better which is insane <laughs> um geez but uh, I mean, honestly, I mean, no, look, I mean, my, my trip was incredible. I had a great, I had a great time. There's just some things that, uh, I don't think that, um, you know, Qatar was ready for, and that will definitely play into FIFA's, uh, kind of picks in the, in the kind of coming world cups. I mean, I I don't think they're ever going to pick a country that small again. Um, just because, uh, I'll touch on this as well, yeah yeah exactly but like the like every every single stadium was like maybe forty thousand uh capacity which is like a lot less than american football stadiums and it was just a lot less than thinking financial yeah yeah exactly and and it took us like over 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 two hours to actually like hop on the metro um exiting stadiums it was it was insane it was just ridiculous 
So Chong, as an obvious U.S. fan in these situations, and I guess for each World Cup, this last one specifically, does it feel like there's any extra animosity towards you being an American at the World Cup? Or does it feel like each country is kind of equally, you know, animus towards other towards the other opposing countries? Or is there anything special from being American? Um, I don't know. I didn't really feel any animosity from any other country, even countries that were politically (laughs) at war with. Like I made, I made, I made friends with, with like, with like Saudis and Iranians and, cool. you know, it was, it was a good time. And I, I think the Qatari people, like the, the actual locals felt that it was cool that people from the U.S. made the trip yeah. um, over there. So, so, so that was my experience. From, was, for the was, England it was, it was, it was game, pretty, did it feel like the fans were, were very, were, were that kind of way or was it still kind of chummy or what's that all like? Yeah, the England game was was a bit different. Um, so it's interesting because after the game, obviously, you know, you you don't know who who you're gonna hop on the metro with, and there like there was like fifty percent England fans, like fifty percent US <laughs> fans, and um, we were exiting the stadium, and we we hopped we hopped on the metro, and um, there's just it's interesting to see the different perspectives because the US fans were like happy about about a draw, right? And then the England fans were like, dude, like we just fucking drew against the US. <laughs> like that. And and to so, be fair, like it's fair to say that the USL played them both halves. Oh yeah. yeah. They had oh, the yeah. better chances I mean, too. Hit the uh, hit the the uh crossbar. I mean, we had you know a number of crosses in there that 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 should have been put away. I don't think England had one actual open opportunity. Um yeah. so we 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 played really well. Uh but yeah, I mean and even before the game, um, I mean, we were, I don't know if you guys saw, but I was, I was on like Fox. We did Talk, it on Fox Sports. In, Instagram. <laughs> yeah. I said, that's um, David Chung. <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> but like we were, we were yelling chants that were, that were pretty, uh, not vulgar, but I mean, it was just like definitely directed at, at England fans, like, <laughs> like throw the tea in the harbor and like, Brexit failed, <laughs> stuff like so that. I, I was wondering this because it's it's got to be pretty unique that the two countries, like two of the, sorry, three of the four teams in our group all spoke the same language. Like at the World Cup, that probably doesn't oh, happen yeah. very often. So the trash talking must have been, must have been there. I guess Welsh, <laughs> Welsh is the first language, but they all speak English. So like, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, but that had to be pretty unique in itself, like both fan bases being able to chant back at each other. Definitely. So that, that, that was interesting. And it was also, I mean, it was also kind of, kind of fun because we could all understand each other. And um, like, like you said, we can just, we can just chirp at each other and they, and they would actually understand us as opposed to like us playing, I don't know, like Belgium or, you know, mm-hmm. some, some European country or some South American country and they wouldn't understand what we're saying. So we would just be like talking to a wall. <laughs> It was kind of interesting. I was watching on TV and in the England game and the U.S. would start a chant and then the English would start booing and whistling and it would drown out the, the U.S. chant. Yeah. Yeah. So. <laughs> so one one really funny thing that uh, a guy next to me at the U.S. England game just started chanting once. Um, once the, Once England fans 
uh, started to get really loud and he just started yelling freedom. Started yelling like, freedom, freedom. <laughs> it was so funny. Um, yeah, that's awesome. So, you've been an avid Team USA supporter basically this whole time. So, how do you think we, uh, what do you think our odds look like against Netherlands and then possibly beyond that? Yeah, I mean, the road looks really tough. Obviously, we're after, after today, um, Argentina. Argentina is in our, in our bracket. And oh, so, yeah, so we'll, I mean, if we, if we <laughs> beat the Netherlands on Saturday, we'll, we'll be playing either Argentina or Australia. I mean, there's no way Australia beats Argentina, in my opinion. So, um, but kind of not, not looking too far ahead. I think we have a pretty good chance to get against Netherlands just because, I mean, look, like we've, we've given up one goal uh, in, the, in the last three games and it was off of a penalty. Um, you know, no goals against England, who I think is better than Netherlands. Um, and so I think that if, if we can just take it to extra time or take it to even, even PKs, I, I think that we have a shot. Yeah. I mean, we're undefeated in group play. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> It doesn't exactly. necessarily feel that way, but we are. <laughs> um, right, but right. defense has been great. Obviously, I think the thing that even you know, more nonchalant fans, not regulars of soccer can see is that the U.S. struggles to put it in the net. Um, mm -hmm. That has been the big flaw. Do you think, I mean, Sargent might not play, Pool 6 banged up. Who do you think needs to step up if we're going to make a knockout run? Yeah, uh, I, I love Wea. I love Aronson. I don't know what the riff is between... Gio Reyna and Berhalter out. Why he hasn't got a name. Berhalter out. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I I think that Reyna has to start this game, uh, but unfortunately, uh, that's just not not going to be the case. I I think that Berhalter is going to start uh, Ferreira up top. Um, I think Haji Wright is absolute garbage and should never see this the the field again. I mean, he was just <laughs> terrible. Even Jeeb knows uh, to not take that shot at the end of the game and go dribble into the corner and just waste time. Like, what was he doing? Yeah, yeah. Let's just <laughs> let's just put put Jeeb in there to shit him off today. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> All right, yeah. great. I mean, I think I think I think we got it. I think we done did it. No, I mean, you guys got anything left? Uh, Chong, do you think twenty twenty six we're gonna win it? This is the warm up. Uh, I mean, look, I mean, we're, again, we're, Messi we're, we're super young. Done. Messi and Ronaldo are done. <laughs> I know, I know. Um, and I, I can't see anyone else. I mean, there's, there's no one else that's as, that's as young as us besides Canada, maybe. Uh, but we have, I mean, look, this is the first time that we've had and kind of, or we can, we can, or have the ability to put on a lineup that all 11 players are playing in top leagues in Europe. Um, and that will only get, uh, even, you know, even, um, even, even better, um, you know, as we, as we move on. And so, you know, in four years, I think that our, our you know, our, our lineup is, you know, is going to even get more, you know, experience, uh, and this, this first world cup for, I guess, like nine or 10 out of the 11, you know, current starters are, uh, you know, is going to be a good, um, kind of warm up for the next one. Awesome. Well, dude, I got, I got one, more one more question. I apologize. More. It's a completely different sport. I don't know if I'm allowed to do this, but I'm going to oh, do it. Oh, God, Chief. John's obviously oh, a Ravens fan. 
do don't. do don't. you pay Lamar? What what is your position <laughs> on that? Um, I'm fine with with tagging him after after the season. I think that he needs that's to prove himself a little, little more. What's that? You don't think that's going to? That was Sean's take too. I said tag him the next three years. <laughs> I mean, honestly, I I wouldn't mind that. I I mean, it might piss him off, but quite frankly, he hasn't proven that he's elite yet. So that's that's just that's my take. I think he can win regular yeah, like the majority of his. Yeah, like he he can win the majority of of his regular season games, win two playoff games, and then maybe. So. Well, <laughs> Dave, we really appreciate you coming on. I mean. You go on to five World Cups, it sounds like you're going to go to at least, like, ten more. That's, like, my bucket list is to go to one. So you're, like, you're like destroying my bucket list. <laughs> that's, <laughs> that's absolutely awesome. Uh, thanks again so much for coming on. You know, if the U.S. makes a magical Cinderella run, we might have to have you back. Uh, oh, the key. Please, please. I mean, I'm, I I hope I'm back here. And um, I, I don't know what I'd do. I think that I would – I'm, I mean, I'm willing to, to to put something out there that if they win it, like, I'll do something crazy, do something illegal. Say it. Stay on the pod right now. <laughs> Whose face uh, are you getting tattooed? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you get Christian you get pool sick flying on a bald eagle tattooed across your chest. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, people – Did you people... see one of the – did you see the erect penis that looked like the bald eagle? That's got to be the one. <laughs> oh my god! Um, what what I was actually what what did come to mind was people have been talking about you know Pulisic's goal yesterday and how he you know how he put his balls on the line. So yeah, I will get Pulisic's balls tattooed on my balls if they win. <laughs> Let's go! <laughs> that is awesome. Well, <laughs> thanks again, Dave. This is awesome. Yeah, man. And thanks, thanks, Dave. Thanks for having me, guys. Yeah. Thanks. See you guys. See you guys. But let's jump to some college football. The game happened. I sent Luke Mack a couple texts just checking in to make sure he was okay. Um, especially on Sunday, it took a couple hours for him to say that he was okay, <laughs> but yeah. rough game for the Buckeyes. So I think, I think the talking point on everyone's mind that I'd love to get into is, is Ryan day on the hot seat? So it's interesting. Jeep, you can go first if you want. I'll let you go first. I, I wouldn't call him on like I wouldn't say he's on the hot seat because you look at what he's done. He's like running a top tier program, elite recruits. Uh, and I think it's hard to fire somebody even for Ohio state, like to justify firing him would be tough. But if he does end up deciding, all right, well, if I can't get past Harbaugh, can't win a national championship, like this probably isn't going to work out long-term. I'm going to go to the NFL uh, while I can maybe take an OC job or a head coaching job. So I don't think Ryan Day will be there for another more than two or three years. I think he's going to be gone in some fashion. I don't know what job in the country is better than the head coach of Ohio State. 
especially if you've seen so much success there and you're comfortable there. I think he, I don't think that he would leave unless he really started to feel the heat. And this is heat like that, I think well, Ohio State's held to a higher standard than Michigan, but like like even Harbaugh didn't leave after all of that. I, I think a lesser man probably that wasn't legitimate know, heat though. Like it, it, Harbaugh's that wasn't like compared Harbaugh? to relative to the shit. Like think about you tell me Harbaugh. Yeah, what are you talking? No, no, think about what Harson went through. Just went through at Auburn, and by the way, like Hugh Freeze is a hilarious. Like it's the it's the <laughs> best way. I didn't realize how shitty of a person he was, by the way. But that's a separate issue. No, oh, no, no. Yeah. He's, he's a born again Christian. It's okay. Found <laughs> Christ at Liberty. <laughs> oh, good. <laughs> um. Well, okay. So my thing with the day thing. Wait, yeah. I want to hear. I want to hear Jeep say why oh, Harbaugh has never been on the hot seat. What, what is that? Were the boosters really that? De- I don't think the boosters were. It was that the losing to Ohio State. It's the same thing that people have been saying about Ryan Day. It's like you lose your rival that many times in a row, then you're automatically on the hot seat. It doesn't yeah, matter what else. You've I done. think there was a little bit of buzz, but he was never actually like they were never. I don't think he was in immediate danger of getting fired. No, but I think he was in the same situation that you were just describing for ryan day the kind of like your team is good every year you're getting the players you're going to be great whatever but if you can't beat ohio state and that means that you're never going to go to the college football playoff then you've kind of topped out and he did that for what like five years maybe yeah. more so i think that's the i don't think ryan day is on the hot seat i'm just saying like he might find something sure sure i think, I, he, I think the hardball thing was more like kind of like brian kelly at notre dame where Brian Kelly did a great thing for the Notre Dame program when he first came in, because Notre Dame sucked. Like, people kind of, maybe they do remember, but I think most people forget that Notre Dame sucked for the most of the 2000s and early 2010s when Brian Kelly came in. And he brought it into a 10-win-every-season program, made a couple college football playoff appearances. But I was in the boat where I was like, he's never going to win us a national title. He's just not the guy to do it. Um, Now, I never thought he was going to get fired because – that just wasn't what Notre Dame was going to do. It was going to take him to leave, and he did. Um, and I think we got the right guy in. But I think that's kind of the Harbaugh situation where he really lifted Michigan's program up. Like, Michigan had a couple bad years there. He's had a couple bad years himself as the coach, but he's elevated the recruits they get, the position the college football. So I don't think the athletic department at Michigan was ever going to fire him, but I don't think before two years ago, when they first beat Ohio State under him. I think they would have been mutually happy if he had left for the NFL. Like, I think they would have been like, okay, you've done a good thing. You've brought the program. You're leaving it better than you brought it, than you came in. Yeah. We're good to see you go. But, yeah. like, I don't think he was ever going to get fired. But I think they would have been like, it's okay if you leave. Sort of thing. The annoying thing with Ohio State is that we've kind of gotten this, like, Alabama and Clemson – idea of like okay you're either in the college football playoff like legitimately playing for a national championship every year or you need to leave because then you can't hold this program to the kind of elite level that it's supposed to be at with the level of recruiting that we have and if you have eight or nine or ten programs in college football that have that attitude it's like some of them just aren't going to shake out there's a lot of those teams that are kind of in the six seven eight nine and like you know it's hard and, and it takes I think it takes some sort of consistency inside the building. I think it takes building on good years beforehand. So, I mean, I think it would be foolish to – I just see a lot of Ohio State fans talking about, like, fire Ryan Day. 
things so, are stale, get rid of them. But would be curious to hear what Max's take on that was. Yeah. But, but yeah, it's like I think there was a big said, like, it's so that's so uh that's uh, you know you're 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 expecting way too much there. I think there's a big wrench thrown into it because Ryan Day, in my mind, is leaving for the NFL in the next two years. Yeah. He's had NFL assistant coaching experience. He went back. He he started out in college, bounced around a couple different places. He was one of Chip Kelly's guys, by the way. That's how he got brought to the NFL. Eagles all quarterback coach and offensive mind. And then he got brought back to Ohio State, climbed fast, got the job. He's continued success, not to the extent that Ohio State fans maybe want with two straight losses to Michigan, but continued success. And I kind of think it was another situation where, you know, Ohio State, I think, has a higher standard than Michigan in terms of their success because they've been better. Yes. Um, And three losses, I think, would put them on a hot seat. But I think they also were after this year were like, you know, if Ryan Day takes that NFL job, it won't be the worst thing because we'll just hire Luke Fickle out of Cincinnati, who's been a Ohio State guy. And then Wisconsin, out of nowhere, comes in with the RKO and grabs Luke Fickle and brings him up to Madison, Wisconsin. So Fickle <laughs> is off the board. And I don't care what Ohio State fans think. Fickle's not leaving this year. Like, it doesn't matter if they yeah. they left. Like, he signed that contract. He only He would only leave Cincinnati for a job that he felt like he could be successful in. And he wasn't going to wait around for Ohio State any longer. Like, <laughs> he's not going to – if Day leaves, they can't get Fickle. The coaching market is weird because it's like, Oh, all the coaches got hired already. Kiffin's staying at Old Miss, and uh, Hugh Freeze was never going to Ohio State. Let's let's not. <laughs> um, and then Fickle goes to Wisconsin, and uh, Ohio so State, the I other think... one, Nebraska. Um, Matt Rule, Matt Rule, oh, yeah, Nebraska. But I think if you're Ohio State, you're not really necessarily playing that game. Like you yeah. would probably be in the running. Like you know, this is out of left field, but if this was the position that it was in. That's like you get Deion Sanders if you wanted to, like that kind of. Jackson. He doesn't fit their culture, but well, I get what you're saying. Yeah, yeah. You can go out and get somebody who's not necessarily a college football coach. You can kind yeah. of have whoever you want. Right. You can bring in a pro. You bring like, in a pro. Uh, who's the Cardinals coach that's probably going to get fired? Cliff Kingsbury. Yeah, Cliff yeah, exactly. Kingsbury would fall yeah. nicely into the Ohio State job. Yeah, especially if you're Ohio State and you go, you know, the wheels are kind of falling off in Arizona. Like, we'll give you the world's best, like, landing pad. Leave before you get fired. Like, here's the a contract. Like, that's the kind of thing they could pull off. Well, before Jeep, before Jeep explodes here, I don't think Day is leaving. <laughs> I want to I put my point here. Day is not leaving. I don't, I don't think he is. But I'm saying hypothetical that he did. I think they could just grab whoever fell off the NFL bandwagon. Jeep, do it to me. If I'm Ohio State, there's no way in hell that I want Cliff Kingsbury. What? <laughs> or like Dion, like what he's doing at Jackson State is great. And he's getting really good recruits in a conference that doesn't have great, like a lot of talent around him. And I think that's his advantage. Like we have no idea if he can actually coach when the playing field is level. I think he would be, I think he would kill it with recruits uh, and, and I don't know. I, I just don't we, – we don't know anything about it yet. Cliff Kingsbury got fucking fired from Texas Tech. He fails <laughs> upwards. He fails upwards. It's what he does. I, I don't understand how he got the NFL <laughs> job, and, and I don't think Ohio State or any smart, like, elite spending college football program, other than Auburn, because what the fuck are they doing? Uh, <laughs> I've been on this train forever. Auburn is not, a, is not an attractive job. It just isn't. 
No, it isn't, but it's, it's because it could be, but the boosters are so just like, they can't agree on anything they, they've got almost too much money. The, they have too the, much money, but then also their competition is off the roof and their expectations do not meet their competition. But LSU is kind of in the same situation. Like they have high expectations and they LSU is the only game in town in Louisiana, which produces some of the best college football players. Yeah, I, I, in the I country. but Auburn is also in such a geographic, like there's no shortage of talent. You have Louisiana. Yeah, but there's Alabama in the same state taking all of the, the recruits there. Yeah, but Alabama also, rec- like Alabama and LSU recruit just as much as, well, not uh, about this, Matt. I think, what, I think what Sean is saying is like Ohio State has their pick of the litter in the Midwest, and it's like Alabama and LSU are kind of those players in the Southeast. And if you're Auburn, like where are you in the pecking order? for recruits in in like, like if you have a kid from florida where a lot of these people come from and you have florida florida state alabama lsu all of those schools are right there knocking on your door where does auburn go in any given pecking order it's not very high but yeah i guess but they still there's so much talent around like there is true. i think if auburn if they had the expectations within the athletic director and like the in the comp uh, sorry in the boosters that it's like we're gonna be like Tennessee, where we're gonna have a couple bad years where we're building to get good, and then we'll have that great season, and then we might fall off a couple years. And you can't get on the coach when that happens. Like Auburn has has won national titles. Now they had Cam Newton, who might be the best college football player ever, who fell into their lap after he had to go to JUCO and everything. Um, but like the expectations are too high. They want to win the national title right away and sustain the success, but that's never going to happen at Auburn. It just won't. I also, your point earlier about Dion and Cliff, I got to say in college, your ability to recruit and like what your actual like literal name is and what people know about you is so important, which is why I think that a character like Cliff Kingsbury or like a Dion Sanders could be successful in a high profile program like that, because Dion's already showed that he can get recruits to Jackson State. Imagine what he could do at Ohio State. And then you put in an offensive and defensive play caller, and Dion is just like your juiced up Dabo who looks much better running down the hill. Like that, you know, exactly. you know that, that's a dream situation for Ohio State. They love that. They go, we'll pay you a million, you know, we'll pay $10 million a year to be the smiling face of this organization. And, so you know, I think, look at Ohio State's recruiting already. Look true. at the talent that they're bringing in and like, how much better can it get? And I'm sure like you could always do better, but they're, they're already recruiting at such a high, like they could I, bring I think, in, um, they could bring in a quarterback that actually is good in the NFL. <laughs> okay. Well, they hit on all the, they get all the, the, the out of high school talent. They do. They do. They just don't develop it. They do. Develop say, the they, they were not a, uh, they were not a destination for high level quarterbacks for a while there, I guess now with, with Stroud and then, um, and Justin Fields both came out pretty highly t- touted. So that's you, get, you get the, uh, the st- five star wide receivers and the quarterbacks will come. <laughs> <You know? laughs> the quarterbacks um, look good. All right. Just now the college football playoff rankings were released. Well, what do you guys think it is? I don't know if you saw the notification. I did. I did. What do you uh, think it is? All right. One is Georgia. Two is Michigan. Three, three is TCU. Four is USC. Four, yeah, for now. And then what's five, six? Five is LSU. No, 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 no. Sorry, sorry. Five is – fuck. 
Tell us. It's not Alabama, is it? It's Ohio State. They only got one loss. Oh, yeah. You forget that they're going yeah, forever. Um, five? Five is Ohio State and six is Bama. Okay. So um, who gets who gets in if uh, TCU loses? Right now it looks like Ohio State, and I think that is the right move. Yeah, uh-huh. because their only loss is to Michigan. They get the the thing that Ohio State and Alabama both oh. have against them is they're done playing this year. They have no more games to prove it. And that's the hard part about Ohio State Michigan rivalry is they always play at the last game of the year and they don't get to prove it anymore. Like if no, they do, it always makes one of the teams look like yeah. they have some sort of bad flaw. Right. Um and I think I'm gonna run so these are the, the t- conference titles games the top four are playing in. Georgia plays LSU, which should be a good game, but Georgia should handle. Michigan plays Purdue, gonna be a slaughter. TCU's playing Kansas State, who they've already beat this year. Could go, you know, we'll see. I think TCU would be favored. And then USC plays Utah, who they've lost to. Yes. Um, but I'll tell you right now, Caleb Williams is playing unbelievable football. Clear Heisman winner in my mind. Yeah. He he played in Notre Dame. Notre Dame actually wasn't playing that bad against them. He would just run around like it was. He looks like he's playing peewee football. It was unbelievable. Yeah, it was insane. Yeah. Like, I've never seen a guy at the college – well, maybe Johnny Manziel is the only one I can think of at the college level who would just run circles in the behind the line of scrimmage. But Johnny Manziel looked like – you know, he looked like who he was, which was like a 5'11", like, peaked in, in college, kind of like like scurry around the field and just, like, make magic happen. Caleb Williams looks like – like, he's doing this at, like, 6'4", 220 or whatever right. the hell he is. Like, that's going to be a guy – who's going to be very dangerous in the NFL if he has that kind of escapability. It's it's a lot like – it reminds me of Patrick Mahomes where you're not like – Yeah. doesn't jump off the page. It's not like super explosive athleticism, but – It's good. Somebody said, somebody said that when you when, – uh, when Patrick Mahomes runs, he looks like he's trying to bring like a mostly full beer to somebody very quickly. He's kind of like <laughs> just scooting along like as fast as he can go. That is pretty good. Yeah. Um, no, no, he he's he's exceptional. I do think USC is a worse football team than Ohio State. I'll go on the record as that. I think their Definitely. defense is absolute garbage. Yeah. But it matters how you're doing at the end of the season. And USC as a pack as a Pac-12 truther, this would <laughs> this would be huge to get USC and have right. USC actually be decent. UCLA has been great this year. Oregon's been good. Utah has been good. But I think we mentioned this on an earlier pod. They just all beat each other. Right. Like there's no clear best one. And granted, I think they are all a tier below the the Ohio States and, and Alabama's and Georgia's of the world. Um, but hopefully once you get Lincoln Riley in there and all the California recruits stay on the West Coast. I do hope maybe we'll wrap college football talk up here. I do hope though that if USC and TCU lose, and let's say TCU doesn't even lose that badly. I really hope they don't put Ohio State and Alabama in. I hope they save that last spot for TCU. But I would be furious if Alabama sneaks back into this. <laughs> yeah, I don't, I, don't think that, I don't think they can with the TCU, unless TCU really gets shit the bed. No, I think if USC loses, there's like a very good chance that Alabama gets in. Over Ohio State? Yeah, because uh, you look at Ohio State's schedule. They got blown out, but uh, not blown out, but it was not a good loss to Michigan. And just by the nature of their schedule, like, what's an impressive win? Penn State? All right, maybe. Notre but... Dame turned out to be a pretty good win. And the Notre Dame, uh, the Notre Dame that... USC's biggest win is Notre Dame. So, yeah. and, and it was the same score difference. Who's like, right USC's biggest win, if they get in, is going to be Utah. They've already lo- they lost to them. But, no, he's saying, but, but if they get in, them. they have to win, and it's going to be Utah. 
Right, but I I, I kind of get what you're saying here, and like I think Notre yeah. Dame's still the bigger yeah. win. Uh, okay, but I it, see, neither <laughs> of those two wins like impress me all that much. And then you get What's down, the Alabama wins that impress you. Yeah, uh, Alabama well, has multiple losses. Yeah, they I'd lost say, all the teams. They, that were they, like, two, they lost on the last game, the last play of two games against LSU, who turned out to be pretty good, and Tennessee away. They were in like extremely hostile, hundred thousand seat stadiums. Uh, I, I think. I, I mean, you can't really make too many excuses for losses but they're two plays away from being undefeated no no no. and i totally agree with you and i mean i don't think any of us are going to say that alabama's not a top four team in the country like i mean i i think that they're probably number two I will. really who guys what's bigger two or one <laughs> we have two That's what I'm saying, is, is, is from is from a from a committee perspective how in the world can you let them in with two losses when you have teams with zero and one that are in front of them and like and especially for an ohio state team that their one loss is to the number two team in the country like i just don't think that you can justify that at all so i think the committee does have an sec bias uh, how fa- how much that'll help them against Ohio State? I don't know because they definitely want Ohio State to do well too. Remember, but Alabama like said, also only beat Texas by a squeaky field goal at the end. Yeah, we're <laughs> playing like yeah, we're dissecting wins and losses. You what was definitely- that? That what was that week two? Also in a hundred thousand person stadium that was jumping. I, <laughs> I mean. They went on the road. They beat Texas. They went on the road. They beat Arkansas, who I think is solid. They beat Mississippi. They killed Mississippi State, who I also think is, like, okay. So they, they beat Ole Miss, which I think is a good win. Uh, See, but you're saying these, like, they're good wins, and then when we're talking about, like, Notre Dame and Utah, you're like, eh, yeah, it's garbage teams. No, team's I, never said, I never said Utah was, like, a garbage team. I don't think Notre Dame is that good. They, like, cannot score points. Uh, the fact that they I, – I, I didn't expect them to beat USC. I wanted them to. But the fact that they didn't score more points because USC's defense is not good. Not good. <laughs> and, like, if that's the game you're going to score – I don't know how you score more points – against Clemson than you do against USC, but uh, I don't no know. Right, we, got we got seven minutes left. Yeah. All right. They they put up 27 on them. I'll wrap it up right here. Put up 27 on them. <laughs> Notre Dame should have won that game. Maybe not even won, but it should have been a shootout in the end because Drew Pine had two terrible turnovers, the quarterback for Notre Dame, on two good drives that should have been resulted in points. Like – that that's what how that game got lost and out of hand. But that's how USC plays. They want to be in a shootout, and you'll make the mistakes, and it worked. But I, that's I, why I don't think they're that good. But anyway, all right, let's wrap up the college football talk. Um, move to NFL, and I wanted to start off with MVP. So who who comes to your mind? Then maybe I can run through. I'll tell you who Vegas has as the odd favorites. Um, I think it's no question who i have but I'll let you know. <laughs> yeah i think i'm on the other side of that coin i'd imagine that the two favorites right now are patrick mahomes and jalen hurts um and i think that i i gotta give mahomes the edge because he's far and away the best quarterback in the league but i think he has been for the last three or four years um and the real difference is that you took away his best weapon um travis kelsey has looked unbelievable but i mean travis kelsey's been there and younger this this kind of whole time um and he's stepping up because there's a void that needs to be filled but he's filling it well and the wide receivers has been kind of just a, a 
a merry-go-round of whoever's available. Um, and he looks great. So I think if you want a storyline for someone to, to win MVP, there it is. Lost your best weapon and still playing like the best in the NFL. Give me Patrick Mahomes. It's, I mean, Travis Kelsey has always been his best weapon. I don't Tyree Kill is an exceptional player, but Travis Kelsey has been the safety valve for that offense forever. I think a lot of people said that the combo of Patty Mahomes and Tyree Kill of just never having a lid on the defense just changed the math and, and, and it was no longer, you know, that was the interesting part, but keep going. I still think it's the chiefs and Andy Reid is the best asset there. His offensive mind, the innovations he brings to the game. And don't get me wrong. If this was a straight up is Mahomes or hurts the better quarterback. I'm not, I'm not crazy. <laughs> like I can take Patrick <laughs> Mahomes every time, but this is about the MVP in the NFL. I'm going Jalen hurts. He is on pace for 4,000 passing yards, 920 rushing yards, 26 touchdowns, and only four picks. And that's not including 12 rushing touchdowns that he's on pace for. But he's only on pace for four interceptions. That's insanity. And I think with the Eagles, you know, we'll see where they end up. I don't think they end up with more than three losses, which should get them that one seed in the NFC East. Not the NFC, sorry. They should win the NFC East, but that should get them the one seed in the NFC. I think the whole narrative's there. The best quarterback sorry, the best player on the best team leading an explosive offense because Eagles are getting exposed that their defense isn't all up to snuff that maybe it was this first half of the season. So it's an offensive team winning them games. And I think Hurts, and then also, you know, voter fatigue, Patrick Mahomes, he's won it before. He doesn't need it. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's Is the there a quarterback with better weapons than Jalen Hurts? No, um, that's what I was about to say. Do I think no, wait, hold on, hold on. Hold on. Oh. Jimmy Garoppolo. Uh, yeah. Cafferty, Debo, Kittle. Ayuk has now had a two-touchdown game. Like, well, I don't know. If you count the offensive line, I don't know. Like, the, the Eagles have the best line in football, which I'd the say. The Eagles also have, also okay have a really line. good line. They do. They do. McGlinchey. Yeah, McGlinchey, shout out. <laughs> one day. One day when this gets big, maybe he'll come on. <laughs> um, but – I think the, the the narratives are the betting odd favorites. It's Mahomes one, Hurts two, Tua at three. Yeah. Um, and then Josh Allen's four and Burrow's five. Yeah. After that, I think you get into the Lamar Kirk Cousins territory. And yeah, yeah. yeah. And I don't I don't think it's gonna be Josh. I think Josh I think the Bills have been a net disappointment this season, and that's just not gonna be enough right. for you to win an MVP. I, I just I don't see how you can say that yet. How they've been a no, well, I mean, MVP is not a postseason award, so I think when everyone said like, no, no, I'm saying that the the Bills being a net disappointment is that are, are we are we there yet as like a general narrative? I I think that if they don't get a home playoff game, like if they don't win the AFC East, then this regular season will be seen as a disappointment. Yes. Well, and I, granted, I it's will, all about the postseason, so none of this still... really matters. But people saw these guys as like a you know, 14 and three, 15 and two kind of team. And they're not going right. to end up like that. I don't think eight and three with a torn, whatever UCL or uh, I, I, I don't strained UCL. He, he did get injured. I'm not trying to make excuses for him. Uh, <laughs> but when you look at what he does for the offense, his ability to, I, I guess you could say Jalen hurts 
kind of does the same thing. Well, that's I, not the argument, too. If we're going to talk about who's the best quarterback in the NFL, we can have that discussion. But for who's been the yeah. most impactful right, based right. on – I also think Hurts, just from looking at what he was last year and what he's come into this year, it looks like he, like, Super Saiyan power leveled up, like, whatever, hype, like, theoretical you want to use there, uh, analogy. Uh, he, he's just leveled up to the next – last year he threw three picks against the Giants in one game. But how much of that has also been the way that they've molded this offense around him? They're running so much of these quarterback runs, these RPO slants across the middle. Absolutely, and smart teams do that. And we've had that discussion where that's what you should do with your team. And guess what? In two years, if the Bears are good, maybe Justin Fields is the MVP because he's rushing for 1,500 yards. (laughs) No, that's definitely true. I wonder, though, because I'd say Sirianni gets my vote for coach of the year right now. I, yeah. Do you think the voters put put emphasis on one or the other or both as equal participants in? Well, this- I think also there was the big narrative coming into the year, where you know Sirianni, he wasn't like nobody thought of him as the greatest offensive mind, and he still don't think of him as the greatest, but like a good offensive mind at this point. But there was a big narrative that the Eagles were going to be held back by Jalen Hurts, and I yeah. think it's been the opposite. <laughs> AJ Brown's fumbles, um, you know, like the defense—that's what's holding us back. It hasn't been Hurts, <laughs> you know. Um, G perked up a little bit when I said A.J. Brown fumbles. <laughs> I know. I, I have enjoyed – I think he's he's definitely been a net positive for y'all. I mean, he's just oh, yeah. good oh, yeah. not to be. But when I see him drop a ball, it, it, it does <laughs> kind of make me, <laughs> you know. It's like, all right. Hey, who's who's your MVP pick? Yeah, yeah. G, who you got? Uh, I, I'm with Mahomes. Uh, like, I think he's the most impactful player. But I – I do like Josh Allen. I think if the Chiefs falter down the stretch a little bit or, you know, Mahomes is putting up pedestrian Mahomes numbers, which would still make him, like, insane, I think there's a chance he slips out. But we'll see. Um, It's all about narratives. Um, (laughs) Yeah, like, the Chiefs have the Bengals next week, so that'll be a very tightly watched game. Um, What is the – what is the – The Birds have to play – so what what they play Titans this week, which will be a good game, because I think it's whoever gets up first <laughs> wins the game because both are run heavy teams. Yeah. Um, the Titans can take a shit. I will tell you. Like they, <laughs> they, um, but what's Jeeber? I I you're a big Titans guy. I'm the big Eagles fan here. I think we'll handle you guys because I think we'll be able to carve you up a little bit and then rely on our running. Whereas you guys have to rely on your running to rely on your running. <laughs> so yeah. That's that's but at the same time, you know, I can see this being a game where, you know, the Titans in the first quarter get out 10 nothing. And then the Eagles are playing chase the whole time, but the Titans are keeping the ball for eight minutes at a time. And, and you know, like that's I, I, I'm worried about getting carved up. I'm worried about the talent. Like, I really don't know who we have who can stay on A.J. Brown. Uh, we've got a rookie corner in Roger McCreary, who's probably our best corner and he's been playing well for us but he's a rookie uh second round pick like he's just not he's not Jalen Ramsey two years ago and then Christian Fulton we we saw him get cooked by Jamar it's like whenever we play a team with an elite receiver that receiver has a good game so I am worried about that we need to get the running game going the passing game's been looking a lot better Traylon Burks kind of had a pretty good game yesterday uh, and the Eagles' run defense is probably definitely the weakness of their defense. It is so right now for sure. We uh, um, 
Hopefully, Derek we'll see. Hopefully, we scheme a little better because I didn't get our scheme against the Packers. Like they have two powerful running backs, and we were leaving guys outside the box and everything. It's like Aaron Rodgers is Aaron Rodgers, but he doesn't have anybody to throw to. So why are we like? And I don't know. Um, but maybe move to the next part. I also think I maybe I'll save that hypothetical. But I have a little fun thing here. It's called sustainable or unsustainable. So this doesn't mean I'm going to give you a team. Love the games. Tell me if they're sustainable or they're unsustainable. It doesn't necessarily mean that they're like contenders right now. But do you see sustainable success in their future? Or do you think they're falling off a cliff? Like, are they going positive or negative? Okay. Love it. Um, So just to start, let's start out with the Titans. We're talking trending. Which way are they trending? Because they could have a good year here, which I think they will. But if they go out in the first or second round again, what's the game plan? You know? I think the game plan's got to be that you continue to improve the defense and lean into this, like, Vrabel, hard-nosed, you know, possess the football, run it into the ground, take the air out of it, don't let anybody score. And they don't really have the defense for that right now, even though that seems like it's more or less the team philosophy with like a below average talent pool on defense. So I'd say that they are the same team that they've been for the last like three or four years. And there's like constant retooling. But like, do you think that the Titans have a legitimate chance to make a Super Bowl to get out of the AFC? I don't. And uh, I don't think they have the talent right now to do that. And, and hey, maybe they're two or three big free agent signings away from it but i don't think it's happening right now so i say static i agree i kind of you you get to the playoffs and anything can happen um but there we have some serious weaknesses I, i think we have a top two defensive coach in the league and definitely i think a top five coach uh in general which is kind of hidden some of our weaknesses uh, big time but um, what do you think sean what we gotta put little like we have put like little we gotta put little music riffs in between our things we need a soundboard <laughs> no 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 something less obnoxious <laughs> so i think uh titans are probably on the unsustainable path um Let's run through these a little quick. I just want you guys to go sustainable or unsustainable. I'll give you like three seconds. If it's interesting, we'll maybe we'll justify it. But let's just do a hot, quick fire of the league. These answers were too long for him for you. Too long. Okay. Vikings. Unsustainable. Unsustainable. Uh, Eagles. Sustainable. Unsustainable. I think they're peaking. Bears. I mean, is it that their badness is sustainable? Because I would, I would probably agree. Well, that. no, I kind of think of it as like, <laughs> do they have parts? Like, do you think they're going to get better? They have Justin Fields. That's kind of it. What other young talent do they have that's on the offensive side of the ball? Oh, you get three seconds, Jeep. Unsustainable, sustainable. No, <laughs> but I, but for a team like that, it's like pieces away, a path to success. So sustainable, Scott. I don't, your binary sustainable and unsustainable doesn't make any sense to me, but <laughs> maybe we got to reword this segment, but we're going to keep it going this week. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I don't know. All right, 49ers. 
<laughs> sustainable. sustainable. I'd say best chance to come out of the NFC. Is this like long term, like like over the next three, four three years, years, or just years. this season? Three years. Three years. I think I the 49ers know. are unsustainable. Yeah, I've really not understood this question. Yeah, the 49ers are like held together with duct tape. (laughs) Um, Giants. Sustainable. Big Danny Dimes fan. Unsustainable. I don't like Danny Dimes. What what would happen if you put Usain Bolt in an Eli Manning skin? We'd get Danny Dimes. (laughs) I would love to just get that soundbite of Jeep saying, I don't like Danny Dimes. He took my lunch money. <laughs> we could add that to the soundboard. Yeah. Um, Cowboys. Unsustainable. What? Jeep, you just said unsustainable for everybody. <laughs> Commanders. I'm a hater. How are, wait, how are the Cowboys unsustainable? Uh, look, I mean, I just think they're spending too much money right now. Zeke, like going over the next three years, do you think Zeke is going to get better? No, I don't think no. so. I don't, I don't know what that contract looks yeah, like. Yeah, but I think they're going to move to Pollard. Yeah, I think so, too. Uh, all right. Uh, is Dak like – If Micah on a, on a rookie deal for the next four years and Trayvon yeah. Diggs, they could really load up their defense if they wanted to. Maybe They'd we should just – you know, Maybe this should just be called trending up or trending down. <laughs> we're finding it. We're okay. finding it. Yeah. You think we did any prep work here? Of course no. not. No. All right, uh, moving on. Commanders. Sustainable. Moving up. Uh, Bills. Trending up. Sustainable. <laughs> Chiefs changing it. Chiefs. Oh, my God. It's as sustainable I'm... as it gets. All right, and then Jaguars. Sustainable. Trending up. You have that many first-round picks in a row. You, you're just going to get them. Wait, what about – the Browns. <laughs> um, I think just unsustainable because the culture of that organization. I don't. I don't, I don't know. Like how, yeah, I don't. I don't know. I don't know if you could be in a worse like lose lose kind of situation. Every time Deshaun Watson goes out on the field, Twitter is just gonna go ablaze with jokes, and it's no one's ever gonna forget about it. I don't know how like announcers are supposed to talk about the guy. Yeah. Like, do they yeah, just we're just it? gonna do be they... like, oh, a certain controversy or yeah, yeah. Sean Watson shrouded in certain controversy. It's like, yeah, he yeah. A little worse than that. Hugh Freeze kind of controversy. No, right. uh Hugh Freeze has never done anything that bad. Hugh Freeze apparently made an eighth grade girl undress in front of him. That was uh that was one of the charges. I have never heard about that. <laughs> this podcast disavows Hugh Freeze. <laughs> Wait, I was gonna say though, is I I'd love to get a source for that because now I may just be putting unsubstantiated slander against Hugh Freeze out because I definitely saw that on Twitter, which means that there's very all right. Little- all right. That segment that segment went all right. Um, <laughs> <we're gonna> move <laughs> <on>. <laughs> all right. To wrap it up tonight, let's do a little hypotheticals here. These are very general, not necessarily what's what's going on right now, but I want to. It would be fun little. All right. What do you think for a player, a professional sportsman? What do you think is more important, MVP awards or championships? What sport? For like all time legacy? Yeah, just you're a sportsman. I'm a sportsman. You're out playing your sports ball. Okay. 
I championships. Yeah, I think there's a sliding scale though of like how much you contributed. Like I'd rather win an MVP than be Kent Blazemore, you know. Kent Blazemore. <laughs> That's fair. That's fair. Um, but I'll I'll put you as an MVP man then, Skyler. Um, this is going on a graphic. Which is the best Hall of Fame? Football. Yeah. I would agree. I think it's the I think it's by far the hardest to get into. Yeah, it yeah. is. But Cooperstown's pretty cool. I think that has the best yeah. actual like Hall of Fame setup. Um, so NFL honorable mention Cooperstown. <laughs> I think NFL just cool too with the gold jackets and everything. Um and the what you, okay. This is something with the World Cup. I was kind of thinking about this. Would you rather like I think it works like NBA? Would you rather it be like European soccer where there's a table and that's what like how the tournament you play 82 games whoever's the most points at the end of the year wins the league now there's separate cup competitions on the side but nobody really like those are runner-up b and runner-up c like the most important thing is winning the table or do you like the current format where the regular season doesn't matter for anything and then you just play the playoffs i i like the format just because it's building up to something if you can make the maybe like I think the smaller the playoff window, the better, uh, which is why college football, I think, is better. Definitely regular season than the NFL um, because every game matters. Like, you you know, yeah. I think it's too different. Like, I would, I, I would feel like that would work for something like – like college football or uh, probably not actually for college football, but just with, with other sports, there's such a focus on parody and you're not really like trying to collect things for your trophy cases. You're trying to be like the best of the 32 teams. There's no promotion and relegation and, and anything like that. I will say, I wish that they would cut down on regular season games to like 50 because then you can spread them out a little more. They can they matter. matter more. More. Yeah. And then I, I liked the idea of the mid season tournament. I thought that'd be fun. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I think I'd cut down on games, make everything more competitive it, once we actually get to playoffs. I like European soccer. I think you play all these games in the regular season and you get awarded a pat on the back, one seed. And then meanwhile, LeBron, who's played half the year, comes in and decimates the Atlanta Hawks <laughs> when he was on the Cavs that one year. Like, there's no reward for, for fighting and battling all 82 But what games. exactly, like, if you were a Sixers fan, right. hypothetically, and the Sixers were like like won like the FA Cup equivalent like in the midseason, and then they didn't win the NBA championship or they didn't win anything else like that. Like you know how how do you judge that season? And I feel like I think in European be... soccer there's a different level of like there's no draft picks, there's no nothing. You're building this program up from. And I, I see your point. I I don't think it's that is the flaw. I think the flaw is that European soccer also has the Champions League, which is hmm, that is a very good point. A big trophy with the best teams in Europe. Um, and I think that's what it's missing because you're not. There's no like winner of the NBA doesn't go and play the winner of the CBL in China. Like, <laughs> and arguably that being like the more important thing than right. winning the NBA. Um, yeah. So like, I think that's the one flaw. But I do like it because I just hate. I I just think the NBA regular season doesn't mean jack diddly squat, and it's just it's it's been a. Because like home field, I don't know. We'll I on. agree. We'll I on. totally agree with you that the that the that the NBA regular season sucks the way that it's yeah. currently constructed. But do you think that this? Because this is what they're talking about right now. 
do you think that the solution is to implement these kind of like in-season tournaments a la European soccer, or is there a better way to make it? I think it would be fun, and I'd want to I'd want to give it a try. I, they're not getting rid of the NBA championship playoffs. Like, that's not going to happen. But yeah. I do think it would be good for, like, the Trailblazers to get a chance at a trophy. <laughs> but what does that mean, right? It's not like your supporters then, like, bring you more money because that's how it works in Europe, right, or something. I, I don't know. I think it would just, <laughs> I, I just think it would be, like – it add another dynamic to a league that I feel like at times is getting stale. But what would, would make the players give a shit? You know what I actually would love about That's it? That's the problem. How do you make people give a shit? Like, why would they're they risk getting injured? They're going to give them a bonus. That's the, They've already said that. And the players seem down. Oh, <laughs> money. They'd shrink, they'd shrink the regular season. Um, but, yeah. but I also think it would be really good for young players to break out. Like, they take their team on a, on a good tournament run in the Capital One <laughs> – whatever cup it gets called for the nba mid-season whatever um but i i, I kind of think that's it'd be good for players breaking out or maybe a player on his last leg like you know dame lillard has never won an nba title he's tried and tried and tried but his last year he's going to make a run at that mid-season tournament and that's all he cares about and it's See, but like in my mind it's like what that is that, that as an equivalency to a sport that's never had that before of like well that's every sport that adds a trophy you got to build up a history to it and you know the first, the first five years people are going to laugh at it but then eventually they're going to care once their team makes a run in it and like and that's then true. and then you're just moving forward that way all right moving the preseason in the middle of the season i don't think people will care i don't think like the vets who are making 40 mil are going to care about the bonuses. Like they're not going to risk getting injured. They're going to take the opportunity. Well, yeah. My, my thing was like, if you're the warriors and you're like, okay, we're, we're putting all of our eggs in this NBA championship basket. Are you going to trot out your like 35 year old injury prone there, stars? There might not, there might be those teams, but I think a majority of the league won't have that mentality. And I think a vast majority of the league will go for it. It would be fun to do something like that that was super exciting, and then you get a team that, like, you know, maybe last – like, maybe, like, the Cavs would win that this year, and it's like, okay, we, we can't withstand the, you know, massive NBA playoff gauntlet, but whatever this, like, singular elimination. And maybe maybe you get an additional, like, second-round pick. I don't know. Or cap like, space. Yeah, or cap space yeah. or something like that. You know, like, something yeah, additional. All right. Um, those were all the hypotheticals I had. You guys, you guys got anything else to throw at the listeners? Give us a line. Isn't that, think, how, isn't think, that how we're taking to ending these things? Oh, no, we have to do our locks. Oh, okay. Okay. I think we're going to call the listeners um, the Coopers, because I think at this point in the podcast, it's just Russell Cooper. It's most. It's mostly Russell Cooper. <laughs> Russell and the gang. Love you, Russell. Number one. I got to say, it probably feels pretty good to have a have a, an entire podcast produced just at you. Yeah. <laughs> so you're welcome, Russell. Enjoy your podcast. He better listen all the way through this one. If we don't get a text from him about this segment, we're, we're... <laughs> we've really lost it. <laughs> if we um, if we lose Russell, then that's it. Yeah, the our very belly our, up. our very special guest can record tomorrow at seven. By the way. Oh okay. Oh okay. All right, lock of the week. Somebody give me one. Uh, Browns minus six. Deshaun Watson returns against Houston. It's really <laughs> bad, and I'm fine with fading Houston. Interesting. Sean. Uh, you do one. Okay. Well, mine is uh, Ravens Broncos. The Broncos are terrible and the Ravens cannot seem to win football games and yet are still seven and four. Their four losses. They were up by like 30 every game. A little yeah. exaggerated. 
but they've they, they, they've blown big leads. Um, so I think they have a lot of, uh, a lot of, a lot of motivation to really blow the Broncos out of the water. What's the line on that? It's minus eight Ravens, which I think is a lot because the Broncos defense is really good. I don't know that eight points are even going to be scored in the game. Yeah. I just see the Ravens getting up and then like something happening in the last five minutes of the fourth quarter. They love to do that. But the thing with the Broncos, they're so unexplosive. It's like, what is the thing that's going to happen? Yeah. That's (laughs) Russell Wilson's so bad. Yeah, no, that's true. I'm going to, in the fit, in the style of the world cup, I'm going to give the people a world cup lock. Um, Take Croatia for the win against Belgium. Belgium's um, their generation of glory or whatever the hell. Golden generation. Golden generation. They're old. They're dying out. They've stayed on this team too long. Croatia, also old, but I think they're going to pull out this victory, and I would put lots of money on it, like an irresponsible amount that you can't recover if it doesn't hit. Oh, we're uh, we're 0 for 1 on this podcast if somebody say bet – in a, bet an unreasonable amount of money on something because it's a lock. That's true. Luke Mack did tell the people. So we should keep track of how many mortgages we've lost. <laughs> over the oh, wow. All right. All well, right bye. Thank you guys for listening. See you, fellas. There's not these two. Bye, Russell. Bye. bye. <laughs>